Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Jared Roxby of Southside Strength and Fitness coming to you from Bangor, Maine. Jared, what's going on, man? How are you today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Making it happen. Another day in the gym owner life. Obviously, we're here to talk Southside and and all that you do day to day from a business perspective and and sort of extract what value we can from your brain. Um, But context is important here, Jared. And so before we get into the business part of this discussion, tell us a little bit about the gym. What is this about? Okay. Uh, Southside is a strength training gym. Um, we we kind of have two rooms in our in our 1800 square foot space. Uh, one is very open where you can get some good movement in um, uh, and work with, you know, dumbbells, kettlebells, um, jump ropes and things like that. Uh, and the other room is a weight training room. We have a couple of deadlift pads, uh, some racks where, where you can, you can get heavy if you want to. Uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's a, it's a strength, strength training and fitness training. Um, that's where it's geared towards it. You know, there's, there's been an ethos in the space for a while, uh, which is there's no mirrors. <laughs> uh, hmm. and, and, and that sort of brings the other aspect to it, which is the, the, the training aspect. We don't just let people into the gym and say, okay, have a good time. Um, you know, people always have a trainer on hand um, and their job is to make sure that everyone is working out safely and effectively. Uh, and their job is to be, be the mirror for people. Um, we don't just tell them, okay, this is the right way to do a squat and stick them in front of a mirror and say, go ahead, do it. Um, if someone's, if someone's doing the squats, someone has an eye on them and is making sure that they're, that they're doing things correctly. Uh, and if they're about to go heavy, they have a spot, they have a hand, they have someone there to help them through it. Yeah. And and I think all of that will play into this conversation as we go throughout, but take us back a little bit here, Jared, when did you get involved with this business? Because as I understand it, this business has existed prior to your involvement, when did you step in as the owner here? I stepped in about August of last year. Okay. Yeah. So we're approaching a year, right? Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to pick your brain on this. What's been your favorite part about owning this specific business? And then second part of the question, what's been the most challenging part about owning this business so far? Okay. Uh, favorite part of owning the business Um, it's a, it's a place where people go to be positive. I don't think you can go to, I mean, you may come into the gym and not feel like working out or whatever, but it is a, it is a positive place. It has to be a positive place because that's the nature of what we do. We're there to make positive change in people's lives. Um, and that's great. And I felt it in my own life. Uh, I am, uh, you know, kind of have to, we, we all need to beat back the, uh, the, the pull of cynicism and, and everyday life and whatnot. But when you get to the gym, like we've managed to keep the floor a sacred space to, uh, to go in there and be positive. Uh, and that's what we strive to do. I love that about the gym. Um, the challenging thing about the gym is that 
there isn't always other people on the gym floor. And so when you're in there and it's all alone uh, and you're, and you're thinking about the next thing that you have to do um, you know, it's uh, it's, it's hard to maintain that positivity at all times. Um, it's definitely a challenge, but, uh, but we make it through and then, and then three people roll in the door and you have a great session and you go home happy. So yeah, there's, and, there's the ups and, and think, downs. Yeah. I, I think it's, everybody that is in fitness the the routes to get to the fitness industry are are many but the reasoning the the why typically results in i want to help people right mm-hmm. i experienced this myself in your case i experienced this myself and want to share it with a greater population i think it's important for us to keep that in mind and and remember that we're not just talking about a group of credit card numbers. This is people at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's been the best part about owning this business. What about the challenges, Jared? What's, what's been sort of, or let me ask the question this way. What is harder than you thought it would be about running a business in the fitness industry? Um, outreach and, and mm-hmm. maintaining traction. It's very hard to, you know, people want to step into a gym and feel like this is the place where it's happening, right? Um, if you, if you, so we, we have a, you know, say you have a certain session, a, a 6 p.m. session, and it's not well attended, it's hard to get traction into that well, in, into that session to make it well attended. And people like going to a well attended session, right? So it's approach, it's, it's about creating a critical mass in uh, in certain spaces um, and trying to do, uh, trying to create that momentum uh, in places where it doesn't exist. Yeah, I, I think everybody listening to this can probably resonate with that sort of thought. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it all ties together, of course, but fast forward us a little bit and, and here we are, June, 2022, what is, how, if I'm to walk through your doors today, what do I sign up for? How does the, the membership here work? Is this a monthly thing? Is this a per class thing? What does that look like? Uh, currently, it's a, it's, a monthly, uh, it's a monthly fee. You, you pay your monthly fee and you can come for as many sessions as you want. Um, that is a departure from how it used to be. I think there, there, the space used to have two tiers where if you were two times a week, you'd pay this much. And if you're three times a week, you'd pay... You, you, you pay a little bit more. Um, yeah. We kind of did away with that uh, when we took over. We said, you know what? If you whether you're coming twice or three times a week, it doesn't matter. One one general, uh, you know, one monthly charge is going to cover you for membership, and you can take as much advantage of that as you'd like. Right. And, and so I want to I want to explore the pricing of this because I think fitness is such a fascinating concept where. Pricing can go from, we, we know the $10 a month options and, and everybody nationwide knows what those are mm-hmm. all the way up to thousands of dollars a month, at least for the purpose of our conversation, how do your prices compare to local competition? Uh, I'd say they're probably pretty comparable um, to similar spaces that do this. I know, uh, I know there's, there's a, there's a larger outfit in town um, that's probably more than double what we charge. Okay. Um, but you know, they have, they have a lot more space, you know, sure. probably three or four times the amount of space they have. 
they have a community, they have a, uh, a following already. And when you're stepping into it, you are, you know, that's, that's what you're buying. Um, yeah. And, and so second part to this question, because I think it's relevant, a lot of people in the industry take over for previous owners. When you took over, did you touch pricing at all? Or is that something on your radar that you will eventually be tinkering with? I did. Um, I, I dropped the pricing and I had a very, I had a very specific rationale for it. Um, and you know, I, I go back and forth whether or not that rationale, uh, or whether or not that play turned out to be quite correct. Um, so the, um, at the, at the high end of that membership, uh, under the previous owner, you were getting three days a week. Uh, you were getting everything that was, uh, that he was providing. Um, well, when, when he left the gym, he left the gym to do more online coaching and, and provide that service just without the gym. Uh, and he was charging a certain amount for it. So I took what his new rate was for, uh, for providing his programming and whatnot, uh, subtracted that from what he had been paying for the gym, uh, and came up with that number. So basically, um, basically we split the cost of what people had been paying so that if they wanted to continue a reasonably, a reasonable facsimile of the service they were getting, uh, it wouldn't cost them any more or any less money. Got it. Okay. And so came in, dropped pricing. I assume that bought some goodwill with the members that were there. People are always happy to pay less money. How do you think that's affected acquisition and sign up since then have you got have you seen an increase in membership in your tenure here as owner uh actually um so it's interesting one of the things about this business is loyalty people develop a relationship with a trainer That's and true. they like to continue that um and a lot of the trainers that the previous owner had uh were utterly fantastic um like really head and shoulders above uh above most of the trainers that you'll find out there. These were folks who had master's degrees in fitness. Um, mm. There are there are two universities, uh, well, one college and one university uh, in the area. Uh, one is one being UMaine that has a, a great program, uh, and one uh, the other being Husson, which has a, a fantastic physical therapy program. So there are a lot of professionals around, um, and and they're quite good. So when they branched off, I think one of them. Um, like redid the inside of his garage. And, and so he had a cadre of people that he brought with him. Ah, uh, okay. And so, so we lost those people. Um, sure. And, you know, I kind of had, you kind of had to shrug your shoulders and simply say, you know what, those weren't, those were never my people. Yep. <laughs> you, can't, you, you don't own people. Uh, they're going to go what they like. So then you have to sort of retrench and say, all right, what, uh, what, what do we offer? You know, who, who are our people? Yeah. Um, and so sort of, blank slating this thing right with a change in ownership gives us a, a fresh slate with which to work from and so i i think this podcast has found itself in a, in a nice little niche of people tuning in obviously one of the main reasons is to figure out how to get more people through the doors right we, we put the label of marketing on it but at the end of the day how do we get more eyeballs and, and bodies coming through the doors what are your thoughts there? What's worked for you so far? And, and second part here, what do you think that you'll utilize moving forward to gain a little bit more of the traction that you spoke of? Mm. Um, well, the thing that attracted me to the business in the first place was the community that was there. 
Um, and you, you have to be willing to step up and say, I want to be a leader of a community. Um, it, it has to be a conscious decision to do it uh, or not do it. And, you know, everybody does it to a certain degree. Um, I've done it with certain success and, you know, and, and certain failure as well. But, um, uh, but the, the thing that has mostly worked is, is creating, creating the positive environment that everybody knows the gym should be and being accessible. Um, yep. So we, we have a number of new members that have come in and they have, uh, they, they do a lot of work. They do, uh, they do word of mouth. You know, if, if I get one member in and they end up bringing one friend or two friends, that is a success. How does that happen? That only happens um, by, by giving them the goods on the floor. Yeah. And by, and by being interesting. You said this business is personal. I'd go further and say it is intensely personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you kind of have to have a Rolodex of, of who everybody is, what their goals are, where they work, what, you know, and, and get the lay of the land, especially in a small demographic. Yeah, spot on. And, and I think any sort of conversation we have around marketing or sales or whatever, you could have the greatest marketing strategy in place. You could have expert salespeople at every turn. But if you have a shitty product, people are going to notice, right? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter. They're going to figure it out. Uh, mm -hmm. And so first and foremost, that's sort of priority A before figuring out B, C, D. That's right. Um, and, and so now that you have been in the ownership, ownership seat for a little while, do you think at any point that you will focus some of your time or attention or dollars on any other marketing strategies? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's the interesting thing about the, the, about, I don't know, the time we live in and whatnot, there, are, there is so much outreach that you can do for possibilities are endless. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, anything from, uh, from posts and, you know, from, from doing all the social media things that I'll, I'll be honest with you before I bought the gym, like I had stepped entirely away from social media um, for my own personal reasons. And it's kind of a hard thing to say, okay, I'm, I'm in, I am in the, the health and wellness business, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the gym business in general. And one of the first things I had to come to grips with was the fact that I had to do something that I think is rather unhealthy. Fitness is social media. That's, that's inevitable. At this yeah. point. And if we're to put ourselves in the mind of somebody looking for a gym, like they're going to go to one of a handful of places and it's Google, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, right? Yeah. If, if we aren't on those, they might find somewhere else and they likely will find somewhere else. So exactly. Continue. please. Um, exactly. Uh, so, you know, those, those are great, but they're not the be all and end all because uh, you know, so networking is, is the bottom line. Uh, if it's community building, then you have to get out in the community. There's just no way around it. Um, I, I do a, I, I do a couple of events that I've, that I've done just as a supporter. Um, there's a, there's an event called the Dempsey challenge that happens in Maine every year. Um, it's a, it's a cancer research benefit and it's a, it's a pretty big event. Um, I've, I've done that as part of a team, uh, for years in the past. Hold on a sec. So sorry. It's all uh, good. <laughs> yeah, someone tried to call in there. Um, now, how do I get it back? Where are we here? Okay. All right. I get to see you on the little screen now. Yep. 
Um, <laughs> where was I? Uh, so, you know, I've, I've uh, um, so doing events like that and being visible um, and trying to get, uh, trying to get members of the gym involved in it. You know, biking is, uh, biking is something that a number of members at, at, at our gym do. Uh, and if I can get them to do some of that stuff with us and sponsor some races or things like that, uh, get out into the community, that's just, that's just good business. Um, and you have to be willing to talk to other people, uh, which, you know, if you spend all day inside your gym, you spend all your day on Instagram, it's really hard to, to switch gears and say, okay, now let me go actually talk to people yeah. face to face yeah. um, and, and, and make that happen. So finding that balance is, uh, is important and willing to, to spend the money to, to seek that balance. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's typically some combination of all of the above that gives us the best end result, right? If all we do is sit on social media, I think we're going to lose touch with what reality is at some point. But if all we're doing to the other side of this, if all we're doing is, is sort of the ground and pound hitting the, the town, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities as well. And so it's typically somewhere in the middle that's going to, to really result in a net positive in the end. Um, and, and I want to explore sort of the next step of this because leads are leads and that's wonderful, but this is a business at the end of the day and dollars and cents is the ultimate scoreboard. So at some point, those leads need to translate to paying customers. Walk us through a typical sales process for you. We get a lead from somewhere, be it walking off the street, be it a referral, social media, whatever the source is. What happens between that that moment and this person eventually signing up? Um, so this is a, <laughs> every, every single lead that you get is going to be different. The most you can do is start in the same place and listen to the conversation and see where it goes. If someone says they're thinking about it say, hey, listen, if you have any thoughts about it, I'm happy to talk about it. Don't put it in, I wanna get you into my gym because I want to, because I'm gonna solve all your problems for you. Right. Um, it's, a, it, it's a matter of making sure that somebody knows that, that there's somebody who's interested in, in their issue. Right. Whatever, whatever that issue is. Oh, I'm, you know, I, I just don't have time. Hey, listen, I can get you in and out in, in, in half an hour um, because I'll be there. Right. So, so first of all, you need to, to, to be um, responsive to their needs uh, and the conversation is going to go where it goes. Um, I, I always prefer to have uh, to, to take the initiative um, so for instance, I just got a, I just got a referral from a local, uh, physical therapy practitioner. Um, it was kind of out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, and at first it started out with, Hey, I'll, I'll give, I'll give you his information. Um, because I think he, he might be a good fit and he's looking to make a change. It's like, great, do that. And then it kind of changed to, all right, I'll give you his, inf um, I'll give him your information. Right. So then that sort of flips it back over to that marketing side. So now if he's, if he's going online and looking for me, he needs to find, he needs to find what we have on Facebook and what we have on Instagram. Um, yep. I, um, I much prefer to have that information from somebody else and reach out to them and oh, say, yeah. uh, um, 
you just you're gonna get a better you're gonna get a better response it's a lot harder to um to form a negative opinion of a business if the guy who owns it is standing there like basically basically showing you why whatever your worst thoughts are aren't true right <laughs> um it's it's taking control of that narrative and as much as i can do that i will um and and explain to them that you know with with this gym the process is not just come on in uh, we'll get you started. It's come on in, have a workout. I'm always happy to give somebody a free workout. You want to come in? I'll do their, um, I'll do an assessment, figure out where they are, make sure that we're doing everything safe um, and get them rolling that way uh, and give them, give them that positive feeling of doing it. Uh, very early on, there was a, there was also, also a fellow and, and this is why you got to be careful. <laughs> um, there was a fellow that came in there and he was raring to go strong as an ox the whole nine yards. I said, okay, let's great. Let's do it. Let's do, uh, let's do that. Uh, let's do that free workout. Uh, and it took him two hours to get through it because while he was strong as an ox, his conditioning wasn't necessarily sure. Uh, sure. Where, where it should be. So you learn like how to ask questions and, and how to feel somebody out in terms of what it is they can succeed. Ultimately, I don't think I land, I didn't land that client. I didn't land that client because expectations were totally off right yeah um and if and and if i had had the expectations dialed in correctly or if uh if i had assessed where he was at more correctly um i could have given him a workout that was that instead of feeling making him feel as if oh this is a huge hill that i'm never going to be able to climb you want to make sure that that first taste is this is something i can do this is something right. I can succeed at. This is right. something that I can fit into my day and it isn't going to wreck me for the rest of the week. Um, yep. And go ahead. And one of the things that you said along there that I think is, is really worth highlighting is you would much rather have the control, have the contact info to where you would be able to reach out instead of relying on them being able to find you and being proactive enough to do so. One of the guys that, uh, I used to do a lot more work with made the analogy all the time in marketing of like a high school dance. Like if you were to ask one of your buddies and he had to tell one more person to ask the girl that you wanted to dance with to dance with you, would it get the job done? Maybe. But at the end of the day, like it's probably far easier for you to just go up and ask her to dance. Right. It, it skips a lot of the, the hoops and hurdles that, that come with customer acquisition and this conversation in general. Mm. You know I mean, if we could just go up to that person and say like, Hey, I heard that you are interested in health and fitness. This is what we do. This is how it can help you and have a greater conversation from there. We'll get a much more successful outcome the vast majority of the time. That's at yeah. least how I perceive things. Yeah. Um, and so you guys have this involved conversation now to where we're finding out a little bit more and, and almost doctor-esque diagnosing where we can provide value here. Mm -hmm. um, is conversion something that you track as a business? Is that something that you have your eye on? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, fortunately for, you know, I, I don't think I do it in a spreadsheet per se. Um, sure. Gut feeling at least. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a gut feeling, but it's also you know, we're, we're a smaller operation. Yeah. So is it you not, doing the majority of the sales? Uh, it's me doing everything. A hundred percent. Okay. Pretty much. I, so I have, I, you know, when things are going well and when things are not going as well. Yes. Um, and, and I mean, Jared, the, 
the logical next step to this conversation, once we sell people, we want to keep people as well. Mm -hmm. Lifespan of a customer, retention, attrition, whatever sort of label you want to put on it. Are those things that you guys are, are paying attention to as well? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the, over the course of a year, it's a little hard to get usable data. Um, yeah. It, it with, hasn't been long enough, enough to really derive value. For, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, we did, we, I did purchase some, uh, um, like a gym management software that, that okay. does all those CRM functions and it's really valuable. Um, you know, if you, if you really get in there and work a system like that, you can get some really good information. Yeah. Um, so to be determined is probably a better, once we have more data, then we can act on that data a little bit better. Right? That's right. But it's going to be your friend. And I know that it's going to, I know it's going to pay dividends later. Oh, absolutely. So, we so, can't make decisions unless we have some reason to justify that decision or else we're just kind of shooting in the dark. So exactly. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and Jared, this, I mean, this entire conversation has been, how do we grow a business? How do we continue to build from A to B for you? Look to the future with me for a moment, pace this out. What is that B? Where is the, the direction that we're trending towards? Um, well, I'd say this time next year, um, I would hope to have, I would hope to have probably twice the members. Um, I'd like to have three or four other, um, uh, other modes of training available to members. Um, you know, some people, some people really do respond well to group classes. You want to overcome something like, uh, like I was talking about, like, like getting a critical mass, uh, a group class is a good way to do it. Um, you get a couple of people in there, they start bonding over what it is they're doing together and they start doing the work for you, mm. you know, cause when you're, when you are the person at the center of literally everything, um, everything relies upon their relationship with you. If you get, if you get five or six people in a room together and they all have a good relationship, they will keep each other on track. They will provide that impetus for everybody to be together. Uh, so we want to introduce some, some group style classes to the space. Um, there are some challenges to that, but we're in the process of rolling them out right now. Uh, and I'd also, I, I'd, I'd like to have some, uh, have enough people to justify some, some cool events. Um, we're not the most visible space, uh, but there is a lovely, waterfront area that's adjacent to to our gym uh, and utilizing that space as public space and being uh, and being out there in the outdoors uh, is um, I think it'd be a welcome change and a nice and, and a nice addition to what we do and then and and be more a part of the community where people like people know that when you see a bunch of people uh, running down on the waterfront or or being out on the lawn and doing a group class together that um, that that's something that happens here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it, it's, it's funny because every time I ask that sort of question, the answer is a little bit different, how we put it into a practice. You mentioned double membership, add on a couple of new services along the way and, and in the longer trend, really start building this thing. I, I think it's inevitable. Everybody that opens up a business wants to grow that business, right? It's, it's almost, it goes without saying more, bigger, better, whatever that means. But of course, of course, yeah. for you, I want to, I want to go one step further with this because I think this gets lost in the fitness industry. You want to grow this business, but give me kind of the deeper why 
here? What does that do for the business? What does that do for you? What does that do for your family? Kind of enlighten us into that decision-making here. Okay. Um, so for me personally, this is, this is a venture of, um, it's, it's not a necessity. You know, when I, uh, as I've started other businesses in the past that were not fitness related, um, and those were a necessity. It was make or break. I need to pay rent. I need to put food on the table. Um, you know, these are, these were, these were the motivations, right? And that provides a good amount of, um, a, a, a good amount of drive. In this situation, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not coming, like I'm, I'm not going broke as a result of, of the gym happening right. correctly or not, you know? Uh, so one of the things I want to do is let it, let that community grow organically. I have that freedom. Not everybody does. Um, Certainly. And, and, and that's, that's incredibly freeing. Um, but at the same time, without that sense of urgency, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to, to manufacture that. Right. Well, yeah. And like you were saying, you know, when there's, when there's, when there's, you know, 10 steps to something and the, and the question is what, what is the most important step to work on today? And the answer is literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, how do you, how do you decide which one is going to get the most attention this day, right. this week? Um, yeah. and, and, and finding that balance is important, but, um, for the gym, I would like it to be a community for the, uh, for the members. I would like it to be a positive space where they come and, and they, you know, get more out of it than just a workout. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's a feeling, maybe it's just, um, Maybe it's just feeling that they are also a part of building something, you know, cause that, you know, at its, at its nadir, at its, at its lowest point, uh, since I took over, there was a core of people and making it work for them makes them feel better about it. It makes the community, uh, a, a real thing, you know, it, it becomes very organic. So that is important for the gym itself. Uh, for me, you know, I have invested, um, a, a good amount of money, not as much as some gyms. I mean, I know that, uh, that if you, if you're investing in a, in a bigger space or a newer space, you know, people will be spending, you know, at a minimum 50 to $70,000 just to get the doors open. Um, and I don't have that, I don't have that pressure necessarily, uh, because the cost, the cost of entry for me at this gym was ridiculously low. Yeah. Um, I would like to make that money back. I would like to start putting some money. I think in my everybody pocket. that I've ever <laughs> talked to, nobody's against making money. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and and I'd like to do it on a on a timeline, but at the same time, I don't want to. I don't want to do it at the expense of uh, at at the expense of the community. I think yeah. you know. I think that's an advantageous position to be in, though. It, it is. A lot of people are are scraping and clawing for the next customer, the next customer, you don't have that win at all costs need here. And, and to your point, there's pros and cons to that too. You don't have that pressure. And so the priority list shuffles a little bit differently, but it allows you to make decisions with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more long-term perspective, right? We're not worried about next month's rent we're thinking about next year, next two years, next five years. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and, and it's an interesting perspective. I think, uh, I think a lot of people here would take value from 
shifting mindset a little bit more towards that, right? Of course, I mean, pay your bills next month. I'm not saying to not pay your bills next month, but understand that if we're constantly in this hamster wheel of paycheck to paycheck from a business sense, there's, there's very little escape from that sort of mindset. We need to think bigger from the entrepreneurial role that we're in. Yeah. Um, and with the nature of the business, it's, 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 it's really tough. If what you're, if the, if the true. thing that is, that is bogging you down at the moment is, Oh my God, I need five more members. And I don't know if this thing is going to survive because we did this on a wing and a prayer. It's going to put a cloud over you and it's really hard to step on the floor and make people feel positive yeah. when you, when you have that cloud. Um, yeah. That is that it's, it's, it's a management challenge that is unique to this industry, I think. Yeah, certainly. And as much as I think we, we probably just barely scratched the surface of this and, and could go on for hours and hours, we are running a bit shy on time here. So Jared, we'll have to save this for a part two interview at some point down the road. Before we sign out of here, where can we tell people to go to learn a little bit more about Southside? Is there, what's the website that we can send people to? Uh, uh, so the website is Southside-Strength, um, and we are on uh, we are on Facebook at Southside SF21, and you can find us on Facebook as well, Southside Strength and Fitness um, in Bangor, Maine, and people, you can find us there, and we'll we'll do what we can. There you go, Jared. This has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate your perspective and, and any sort of entrepreneur willing to come on and, and be a little bit vulnerable and share the inside look into what it is that they're working on. I'm excited to see what the future holds for this business and, and you, I'm excited and, and I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards, my man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, I, I look forward to the opportunity to, to, to hopefully, you know, revisit and say, Hey, where have we gone? What have we done? Um, if you'd be into that in uh, after a period of time, like, let's make that happen. Certainly. Thank you, sir, for your time. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Jeff from Crunch Fitness in Tampa, Florida. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are, how are you today? I'm doing great. How's everybody out there in the podcast world? <laughs> I feel like we're all doing pretty good. We're excited we're good. to learn more about your business today. Um, before we really do that, though, tell us a little bit, Jeff, what was it that got you started in this industry of, you know, owning your own gyms? 
Well, it's kind of interesting because I started on the accounting side, probably the non-gym side, and thought it was a very cool opportunity to go work for a gym, especially on the accounting side. Uh, started working with an accounting firm, went with a group. Um, 35 years later, been in the industry, love the industry, uh, been through many roller coasters in the industry. But again, that opportunity that gave me the, the fact if I didn't have to sit in an accounting firm all day long, I could actually go work at a place that actually looked like they were having fun most of the time. So that started me out in this career. Wow. Okay, cool. So you've been here for 35 years now. You've been doing this thing. You obviously like it a little bit, maybe. Little bit. Uh, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your, your locations, you know, what, who you guys are, what you do, what kind of service you provide, kind of paint a picture for our listeners who might not be familiar with the Crunch Fitness brand. Sure. Uh, we are the largest Crunch franchise group in the country. Uh, we started out with one location uh, in Naples, Florida. Crunch is an HVLP, which is high value, low price. Uh, we offer everything from the typical gym to group fitness, personal training, uh, hydro massage, tanning, uh, full service gym, but for a great price, very low value, very okay. high value, very low price. So awesome. that's backwards. So are all of your locations in Florida or is it kind of beyond as well? We actually have several locations in Florida. We have locations in the Atlanta, Georgia market. We also have expanded into the Charlotte, North Carolina market. And we've also just expanded into the Dallas, Texas market. Wow. So kind of everywhere. Um, you know, th that's pretty impressive. You know, 50 uh, or 42 locations kind of all over that area. And so my question to you would be, how large are these clubs? You know, how how many members can you fit into each one? Uh, our beginning clubs, we actually started with a footprint between um, 20 to 22,000 square foot. Uh, but we've now expanded clubs between 35 and 40,000. So we have kind of a large spectrum. We've got older clubs that are smaller up to, again, the larger size. Um, most of our clubs average about seven to 8,000 members. So we have uh, a very packed gym. We have uh, several locations that are 24 hours. So that gives us some relief on some of the usage and some of the uh, member counts. Uh, but again, uh, you know, for us, we uh, have a great usage of our clubs. Uh, most of our clubs average between 30 and 33,000 workouts a month. So we've got clubs that can do up to 65 to 70,000 workouts a month. So we're across the spectrum, small to large. But again, uh, most of our clubs, like I said, is in that seven to 8,000 member mark. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so seven to 8,000 members each club. What do you guys actively do to find those people? Because that's a lot of people for, for one club. And I'm, I'm gar I guarantee that most, like, not all of those people are just, you know, walking into your club because they see it when they're grocery shopping or something mm -hmm. like that. You're obviously, you know, putting more effort into reaching your community. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, of course, we've got a great marketing team in-house, uh, do a tremendous amount of marketing through social media. But, you know, we're a little old school, uh, you know, kind of going back in the time. You know, when we start a club out, we're actually in the community. We're, we're hitting the streets. We're actually going to businesses. You know, we're around town. 
we hope that by the time we open up the facility, everybody in town knows us, not just uh, prospective members, but the businesses. We get into the community. We really work with corporate partnerships, um, again, so that we can basically bring the whole community together in the fitness center. Because again, fitness is not just fitness, but it's also entertainment. You know, you, you want to go to a facility that you're meeting your fitness needs, but you want to go and have a good time. I mean, it's, it's, you want to can, uh, kind of connect with the people that you're there. You want to be able to establish a community. And so, you know, it starts inside and outside of the facility is really developing that community. So again, uh, good and bad about being in Florida, it's hot. Uh, as everybody knows, and our street teams, you know, they they were they they make their they make their name. <laughs> they're out there in the community. They're getting hot. They're they're beating the ground. But again, it helps them because now whenever the club starts, they know people. You know, the minute that the clubs start coming in, they they've met these people. They met these business owners, and then it's word of mouth. Um, you know, our membership referral referral is the most important part of us. Um, you know, we want you as a member to be enjoying what you're doing, but then we want you to go out and tell your friends. I mean, that's, again, develops the community, grows the community inside the fitness center. Absolutely. I mean, with word of mouth, you could be a small CrossFit gym with 30 people, and that's going to be your best effort to grow your facility, right? Because it's free and our members already trust us. So if they go tell their friend, their friend's going to come in and they're already going to trust us. And, you know, we don't really have to do any work after that. And so, you know, with a location, seven, 8,000 people, word of mouth is obviously great. It's not a method that we can control. We can't say, all right, this month we're going to grow 100 members strictly through word of mouth because we can't control that. We, we wish we could, but we can't. Um, so you talked a little bit about guerrilla marketing with your street teams. They're going out into the community and spreading the word. I'm wondering, do you guys do any sort of digital advertising? Because I think that's an area a lot of gym owners are scared to go down that route. So give us your take there. Is that something that you guys have done with your crunch locations? Yes, we have. We've done digital. We've done every, really any kind of marketing that you can think of. We've done. We've tried. We've succeeded. We failed. Um, you know, again, we look at what the what the populace is looking at. I mean, you as a consumer, me as a consumer, right. what's getting my attention? Um, we're going to try that. We're going to get that. We want our name. We want our facility. We want that out in, in front of everybody. I mean, one thing for us is, you know, you when you get to a certain size, people think, oh, it just came naturally. But we started with one. We started with one member. <laughs> And, you know, you grow that again, like I said, you've got to have that presence at the facility. You've got to have that welcoming environment. So uh, again, word of mouth, you know, it takes one, one becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. Um, but again, keeping that name out there, keeping it in the, the spotlight for you from a social media, from video, from audio, from visual, from billboards, everything that gives you that opportunity of knowing, hey, this isn't just a club that's around the corner. This is what this club actually has to offer. And we want to make sure that we can get into that club as soon as we can. Definitely. And we, it's a great to remember that the marketing in like the marketing in this industry, it's constantly evolving. So by us, you know, being willing to try things, even if they might not work for us, it's so important, especially the past few years. I mean, people are spending a lot more time on their phones and places 
like that. So if we can reach them in the places that they're spending more phone and get them in the doors of the facility, um, definitely very useful for us. So, you know, with seven to 8,000 members in, in most of your clubs, is that a place where you guys are comfortable or hypothetically, could you fit more people in if you wanted to? Like, what's your take on that? Well, again, I think every club kind of moves its own way. Uh, the larger clubs can, of course, support nine, 10,000 members. Uh, again, it just, it's the, it's the kind of the direction of workouts and how things go. You know, we've got a great layout team and a construction team that really maximizes our space. I mean, sometimes just because you've got the space doesn't mean that it's laid out properly to be able to accommodate the usage. Right. Um, so we really look and analyze that every club that we open up, we're still looking in the past to say what helps us so that we have the most um, traffic in the right ways. You know, it, it adjusts how our equipment packages goes, because, again, you know, some clubs can support one line differently than another club. Some clubs can support more types of cardio than another. So we really have to look at that. Um, you know, there are always prime times that no matter I mean, we could have a 75,000 square foot facility and it's still going to be busy. Um, so there are certain times that you do the best. Uh, we schedule our group classes and those types of things around certain hours so that it kind of minimizes some of the usage. But again, you know, we feel very comfortable, especially with the workouts and the frequency of the workouts, you know, right now that we can support that, you know, the eight, seven, 8,000 at any size of our clubs right now. And then again, the bigger they are, the more opportunities. Definitely. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, the membership piece. You just mentioned that you have group classes. Um, so are the group classes something that's included in your membership? Do you have different kind of memberships available that allow members to take advantage of different services or is everything all inclusive? Well, we have three memberships. Very simple. I mean, we, we have a, a base membership that the base membership gets you into the facilities, lets you use all of the equipment and so forth. And then we have a peak and a peak results. Uh, the peak gives you access to certain class or to classes. The peak results kind of gives you everything, it gives you access to all the classes, all the HIT training, the, the uh, hydro massage, the tanning, uh, yoga cycle, anything like that allows you the, to bring um, a friend with you every time that you come work out. So we, we don't have many, many memberships. We just have three. And it really just depends on, you know, your desire, of course. For the value for us, it's always the peak results because, again, um, the one thing that helps is the reciprocity because, again, the more facilities you have, you know, you might live in one area, you might work in another area. And it gives you that ability to, to go out to the multiple clubs. Um, again, bringing a friend is important. That's why, again, I, I stress the fact of even on marketing of, of get your name out there and get a friend. You know, if, if your friend doesn't have a membership, bring them along with you. You know, it gives them the opportunity to work out with you. You've got a buddy that works out. And you know how it is. You know, you're going to be more comfortable working out if you've got somebody with you the first time. And usually after that, the member realizes or the, the guest realizes, well, I want to do the same thing. I don't always want to have to come with, you know, my, my friend to work out. I'd like to work out on my own. So they usually go and, and purchase their own membership and we just continue the process. So yep. and it, it, it keeps happening too. It keeps so happening. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for me, like I said, I've been in business a long time, I've been in, like I said, over 35 years and you know, what we're offering, you know, for less than $30 now, we could have never offered that 20 years ago. You know, we're talking full group classes, full hit high intensive training classes, you know, all of the amenities with tanning and hydro and those types of things. Plus, of course, 
you know, your membership, the amount of equipment that we have. I mean, it's, if you start piecing piecemealing these together, the amount of money that you would have to spend, you know, going to certain select clubs or certain boot camp type clubs, you can't do it for $30 a month or less than $30 oh. a month. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. And I think that this type of membership at a gym, it's definitely useful for some people. Like people need that. Um, how do I say? Like they need that availability to just kind of come in whenever they want and do what they want, but still have the option of, Hey, maybe I'll, I'll do a class on Saturday or whatever it might be. Um, and so I also wanted to ask, you know, what part does personal training play in this business model? Do you guys do a lot of personal training at your facility or is it kind of dependent on the club? Personal training is a huge component of us. Um, actually we're the, largest personal training group in the fran the crunch franchise network wow. um we have a tremendous franchise tremendous personal training group i mean from our leadership down we have some of the the foremost leaders in personal training we focus on personal training because we know that as you if you're in a serious mode of working on your on your fitness whatever goal may be um when you have a trainer that has the knowledge and can take you from point A to Z and take you the right way, that's exactly what the membership's for. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing that happens with this industry is you have a, such a high turnover in attrition if you're not managing the attrition. And the way you manage that attrition is keeping the people involved in the facility, but actually so that they can get their results. Now, granted, Everybody's got a different result. We know this. You're going to have bodybuilders. You're going to have people that want to run uh, a marathon. You want people that want to be in a triathlon. You want people to just to feel better that they got off the couch and walked to the, you know, outside without passing out. Um, so we want them and help them through that method. And the best way to get there is personal training. Um, again, we do a tremendous amount of personal training at each one of our locations. We have minimum 20 trainers at each one of our locations. Um, and the bigger the club, the, the bigger the personal training that we have at each location. So it is a very, very big component to us, especially our group. Uh, we fully believe in that, fully believe in the personal trainer and completely um, promote that and work every way we can to tie that in together with the entire experience because it is a full experience. It's, it's the fitness, it's the training, it's the group. Um, all those things tie in together to really make, you know, the person's fitness experience the, the best that it can be. And then also it keeps them, keeps them continuing to pay, continuing to come and continuing to invite their friends to come with them. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it. No matter what kind of gym you have, it's all about how much value can you provide to your members? If you can provide them with a lot of value, um, value that's going to help them see through to their goals, they're going to stick around, they're going to stay. And I think that's where the disconnect is for a lot of facilities. They're not providing enough, right? right. People don't know how to see their goals on their own. You know, most people. Right. Um, so when we can provide things like group classes, personal training, access to nutrition, access to supplements, all these different things that people need in order to be successful, our business is going to be more successful Absolutely. in the long run. And, and I'm sure for you guys, it sounds like personal training is a big part of the revenue of the business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and one thing that we really have done over the last several years is 
you know, a lot of times when you say personal training, people from the outside look at it and say, I can't afford that. I don't make that kind of money to have my own personal trainer. Um, but the problem, you know, in this industry is you, again, you've got to get the member involved and you've got to find a way to get them involved in a, in a manner that allows their budget to be met. So we do a great deal of our personal training, not on the big, big packages that people are having to put out a lot of money, but a lot of the, the monthly fee. So they're paying a monthly amount, get certain number of sessions with their trainer. That gives them the routine that they need. It gives them part of the programming that they need with their training, but it then gives them the benefit of financially being able to budget themselves so that they can afford it. And when you do that and you open up people who would have maybe never have gone into personal training before, now you've opened that up for them. <clears throat> it's amazing how much of a advocate they become for personal training because they see the benefits they see what's happened because they've been able to use that yep yep so you know i kind of want to move on from this because um we we don't have a lot of time here and there's a few more questions that i really want to ask because it sounds like you have a lot of experience here in the industry and we want to provide value to our listeners so um my next question to you would be you know what has been a challenge a bottleneck that you guys have faced and, and what have you done or are you doing to kind of overcome that well i think it, with this industry starting out financing um, you know, especially if you're a small gym owner and you're just starting to get your legs underneath you, you've got maybe one location, you're trying to get two. I, I think, again, financing is always going to be um, a challenge that you have to focus on and really having a good business model, good forecasting together so that you can present yourself when you're getting the financing. That's very important. Um, hiring the right staff. Um, you know, this industry, you just can't hire anybody. You want to hire personal trainers that are very well in what they do, know very well, very knowledgeable, uh, skilled. You want to hire a group. You want to hire people that teach your group classes and that they, they want to be exciting. You know, you don't you just don't want to fill the void by just putting somebody in the spot. You want people that want to be in this industry. You want people that that want to thrive in this industry. You know, those are challenges, you know, staffing, financing. Those are all challenges in this. Um, and again, I, I think another thing is focus on yourself more than you do your competition. Focus on making yourself the very best that you can be from your facility uh, in all aspects, from your cleanliness to your member retention to, you know, the way you treat your employees, all of those things. Because if you're doing those things right, then you're going to just start growing because you're going to have those foundational parts of your business. And those are challenges that if you don't, if you start off the wrong way, very, very hard. You know, we, we all get one time to make the first impression. And if we made it bad, it's very hard to come back around and fix it. So you make sure that you've got those things in line so that you are opening the door, you're growing and you're growing the same way every time. Definitely. Um, and you kind of started with financing and brought us through a number of other challenges that people in this industry kind of run into along the way. One of those being, you know, the, the hiring aspect, and that's huge in today's world, especially the past few years, it seems to be a lot more difficult to find good staff to come on board. Mm -hmm. um, so my question to you would be, you know, once you bring staff on board, what are you guys doing to provide them with opportunities to grow? Because I think that that's a big part about, you know, employee retention is like people don't want to stay if they feel like they can't grow. Mm -hmm. So how do you provide opportunities like that for your staff? 
Sure. Well, one, when we onboard somebody, we try to train them in every aspect. We have a lot of educational classes from all areas because, again, we want them to be the very best that we can be. Uh, but one thing about our group, especially for our group, um, we are very home driven, homegrown group. So we have a lot of executives, a lot of hierarchy in our company that started at the very beginning at the at, at the front desk, you know, cleaning. We've had we have a cleaner that's moved all the way up into a VP role. So we give them that opportunity because for us, it's culture. I mean, culture is one of the most important things in your facility. And it's hard to bring in culture from the outside. So the more that we train and develop a person internally, they know our culture, they know how we are, they know how we grow. And that gives people the opportunity. Um, of course, the more you expand, the more you can grow your market and the more that you can grow locations, that's always gonna open the door. It's gonna give people now an opportunity that maybe they were just a front desk person and now they can move up to a management role and then maybe into a, a, an assistant general manager's role and then a GM role and then maybe to an area maybe to a district and then to a supervisor role. So we give them the opportunity. Um, we, we wanna make sure that they understand that if they're with us, they go through, learn, continue to grow. We're gonna give them the opportunity to go as far as they wanna go with us. I love it, I love it, cool. So thank you for sharing that. Um, sure. Last question I have for you, mm -hmm. and this more of a loaded answer. Uh-oh. Um, you know, what's your goal? Ideally, if I could hand you a magic wand, Jeff, and I was like, okay, you know, you could have everything that you've ever wanted for this business. What would that look like for you and your partners? You know, for us, it's, we want to have as many opportunities and give as many opportunities to the people that want it. And I know that sounds pretty cliche, but that is really a driving point for us. You know, the only reason you open two clubs is what opportunity does that give to you? I mean, if you're a brand new gym owner and you have one club and you go to the second club, it's going to give you a financial benefit and it's going to give you more opportunity because you love what you're doing. Well, that becomes a snowball effect. And when we have the opportunity to open up hundred clubs or more, we'd love to go there. And that's kind of the path that we're going toward is to open up at least a hundred clubs. Because for me, knowing that a hundred clubs for me, that, that to me means I'm probably going to be employing close to eight to 9,000 employees. And that's eight to 9,000 people that can support their family, can develop themselves, go directions that they want to go to. And they're doing it in an industry that's a ball. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not an industry that people hate. It's an industry that people love. You're, you're fulfilling your exercise goals, your personal goals. You're having fun. Um, you know, kind of joked around this week, I had to go to a luncheon. And it's been such a long time since I had to wear a jacket. And I joked because I said, I love this industry because I didn't have to wear a jacket. When I worked in the accounting firm, I had to wear a suit and tie all the time and got into the fitness business. Like, I don't have to wear a jacket anymore. But, you know, having to wear a jacket, I said, this is the reason I'm in the industry is because I can just be comfortable. I can go to work, have a good time, you know, do my job, help people around me, be able to enjoy life. And I think that's, you know, for us in my group and my partners is to give as many opportunities as we can to those that really want it in this industry. And by us opening those facilities, it gives us that opportunity. And that's what we shoot for. 
I love that. I love that outlook. Like it's so much, it's so much more than, you know, being a gym owner and, you know, having multiple locations for you. It's about providing opportunities for people in this industry. Ultimately at one point you were provided with an opportunity and now you're doing that for thousands of other people in the industry. And that's so, so important. And I thank you, Jeff, for, for that. Um, final question I have for you here is what's a word of advice that you wish you would have heard in the very beginning, you know, when you had that one location and that one member, um, that you would like to share with somebody listening to the show. Always reach out to someone smarter than yourself. Always look for someone that can give you more insight and knowledge than what you think. I think that's the one thing that when you start a company and you start a business, you look around and, and say, you kind of pat yourself on the chest and go, I've made it. I can start my own business. But the more people that you can get in your pathway that can give you insight and direction, experience and listen and really understand that the knowledge that they're giving you isn't out of pride. It's out of the fact that I've already gone to it. You know, comment that we make, we say that all to everybody. We've done this business and the only reason we're successful is because we've stepped in the same hole two or three times. And now we've learned going down the path, we need to avoid that hole. You know, and now we want to help you avoid that hole. Because again, we know how painful it can be. And by having that experience inside of your culture, experience that you're reaching out to in the industry, um, those things help you avoid some of the pitfalls that you might have to go through that it sure is much better not to go through. It's kind of like raising a kid, you know, you tell them not to do something, not because you're trying to deter them, but you're trying to protect them and to help them be more beneficial in their path. So it's the same thing with the, with the business, follow us and know that we've already gone down that path and didn't go well, follow us this way because it'll be much easier, but we're, we're always learning. We're always willing to continue to learn from those that are even more successful than we are. Absolutely. That's such a valuable piece of advice. And no matter how smart you are, there's always going to be somebody who knows something more than what you know. Um, And it's important to just take time to listen to people, listen to what they have to say and take things from that. Um, As a business owner, it's very common for us to have this mentality that like, we know everything. We know what's best for our business. So why would anybody else have anything to say that could be valuable to us? Um, and it's so important to not have that mindset mm-hmm. and just be able to, you know, listen to what other people have to say, because ultimately that's going to be how we grow. So I appreciate you sharing that. Do you guys have like a social media page or somewhere where our listeners can go to find your specific kind of group here? Well, if you go to, to www.crunch.com, um, again, because we are a franchisee, that's the corporate page. But then from each one of those pages, each one of those locations, you can find the, the, the individual location that's close to your area. And then from that particular location, you can get down to the individual club. And then there are some social pages that, that you can go from that point. Great. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. And again, thank you for all of your insight today. For our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, 
fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today. And I'm here with Roger from Defy Genetics in Colonial Heights, Virginia. What's up, Roger? How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right. So wasting no time here. Let's just get right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Oh, my. Um... So I guess it goes back to being a young boy um, in small town, West Virginia. We didn't have resources, um, you know, being from a small town uh, as far as working out and everything like that. Um, long story short, <clears throat> I worked for my, um, my father during the summertime. He bought me a, a weight bench and uh, I was probably about 16 years old and fell in love with working out. Uh, I was also a, a student athlete, played football and also uh, played basketball and ran track and all that good stuff. But again, goes back to the resources. They didn't really have, you know, the luxury to go to a gym per se. So I pretty much started uh, training myself and defied my own genetics. Um, I wasn't blessed with, uh, you know, the biggest, you know, um, attributes when it comes to speed and all that. Um, so I just basically built myself up to be who I am today. Um, and then I, joined the army, um, and then became master fitness. Um, you know, I was known for the, you know, the fitness guru in the army, um, for my units, I would help train, uh, soldiers are on the verge to be kicked out of the army, um, and a special population, um, you know, entity. And so I was pretty much in charge of that being an instructor and I just fell in love, you know, and had the passion to help others. Um, and so because of that, um, I became certified, got my um, schooling uh, through the Army, um, exercise science background, sports, health. Um, and so um, long story short, I joined a gym um, here in Colonial Heights when I was stationed here at Fort Lee, uh, you know, a box gym as a trainer um, and became one of the extremely well-known trainers to train a special population such as athletes. And so um, I was known to be the dude that every athlete that came in the gym always wanted to come to see Roger. So um, I just started building my name and credibility. Um, and then uh, I left the gym, the box gym, for many reasons. 
distance. But um, then I started training in a football field because I didn't have, you know, a brick and mortar uh, facility. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my clients followed me and then I became, you know, uh, the dude in the football field, D5 genetics, you know, you got to go see this guy. He's helped me get to college and so forth, whatever the case may be. Um, and then I did that for about a year. And then I, I got an actual uh, gym. Um, you know, I started from the ground up, uh, started buying my own equipment through my own sweat equity. I don't have no loans. Um, so nobody actually gave me a penny and I, I appreciate that. You know I mean? I, I worked for everything I have. Um, I have about probably $85,000 worth of equipment and D5 genetics. Um, but uh, basically, I pride myself in doing everything in the old school way. And uh, when it comes to our population of what we train, um, we could probably get on to that later on in the segment. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that we train about probably 90% athletes and just based off what I just told you. Um, yeah, so all the athletes in the 804, which is the Richmond, Virginia area, um, I wouldn't say all, but a good, probably 90% of them have come through this way at some point of their career to work out. Got it. Awesome. Okay. So first of all, thank you for your service. Always, always make sure that thank I, I thank service members for their service. So I appreciate that. Um, and so mostly athletics. Now, do you do any type of kind of general population training as well? Or are you really more so geared toward athletes? That's a great question. And the best way to say that is I pride myself in saying everybody's an athlete in the game of life. And so having said that, we cover down on everybody, whether you're a tactical athlete, whether that be military or firefighter or law, law enforcement, that's considered a tactical athlete. We got the student athletes all the way from K to 12. And we have the college athletes um, and then we also have, uh, the soccer mom, for instance, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, um, always worried about their kids, taking care of their kids before they take care of themselves. Um, she is considered an athlete in the game of life. Mm -hmm. So we pretty much, we cover down on everybody. We don't discriminate. We train everybody who has a heartbeat and pretty much has the willingness to better themselves. Absolutely. Okay. And now as far as the services that you offer, are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? How do you structure things within the business? Okay. So we pretty much um, have groups. We have, we're pretty much known for one-on-ones, to be honest with you. Um, this is not a membership-based, uh, you know, business. Um, I pride myself in saying that everybody that comes in here is going to get that one-on-one -on -one attention, whether it be in a small group or, you know, a large group. Everybody is going to get in that one-on-one that -on -one intimate, um, you know, training. Um, and we also do mind, body, and spirit training. Um, so everybody that comes in here is going to get mentored if they need that or whatever the case may be. Help with recruiting when it comes to, you know, our student athletes. Um, and then also some people just for self-esteem issues, you know, we also help them. Um, so we always make sure that everybody comes in here, whether it be a group one-on-one -on -one, is getting that, you know, intimate, you know, uh, TLC. Yes, absolutely. Definitely an important piece of maintaining clients for a long period of time. So yeah, how many members or clients are you currently working with or athletes? Rather? <clears throat> Well, me personally, um, I'm the owner, as you already know. And so I have, you know, so many clients that are 
either in college or even professional ranks. Um, they're always, when they're back home, they'll always get on my schedule. So it's kind of hard to really quantify as to how many clients I actually have. Um, but there's not a day where I'm just kind of twiddling my thumbs. I'm actually always, always training um, in the evenings. And I'll get to that in, in a minute um, as to why I'm training in the evenings. Um, but we also have, I have uh, seven to eight trainers on staff that are pretty much uh, free to train based off their schedule. Um, so we don't dictate hours of operation. Um, everybody has a key to the facility. Everybody can dictate their own schedule. So yeah, we, we, we basically, you know, during COVID, of course, across the nation, it affected everybody's everything. Um, so it, of course, it affected my business. Um, but I think that, you know, things are really starting to pick up, you know, with the summertime and everything, we're gonna have a spike in clientele. Um, so I already hired three more trainers just to encompass you know, the influx. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's good to hear that things are going to pick up over the summer. And I know typically with athletics, that's typically the case because, yeah. um, you know, different seasons and especially with the kids being out of school, yeah. there's a lot of programs there. That's um, so that's good because a lot of gyms struggle with the opposite over the summer of it quieting down a little bit because people are yeah. more outside and whatnot. So that's good that things pick up for you over the summer. Um, now, as far as growth goes, are you kind of capped out on where you are as far as how many athletes you can serve right now, or are you looking to add more? What does that look like for you? Oh, uh, that's a fair question. And so I wouldn't say that we're, we're kind of capped out. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because um, the facility is big enough to where we can accommodate, you know, a large group if need be. Um, and then we also have, you know, the staff to, and, you know, basically, and, and yeah, to bring in any clients, you know, because we have the staff for that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not really capped out per se. Um, me personally, my hours are very limited um, just due to I also got a full time job. I work for the federal government. I have 28 years in the federal government. Um, and that, that also is to include my 10 years army. Um, mm -hmm. So I have a, a day uh, J-O-B. Um, and so with that being said, I'm only available in the evenings. Um, but let's say if um, little Johnny wants to get trained at 10 o'clock in the morning, I have, you know, X, Y, Z that can cover down on me. Right, got it, okay. All right. So now as far as the advertising marketing piece goes, getting the word out there about what you do, the programs that you offer, what does that look like? How do you reach more athletes? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I've learned um, in this business that when you're, you know, striving to be the best that you can be, such as myself being a trainer, um, you know, we don't really advertise. You know, I, I, I really have spent maybe hundred dollars or less per year over the last 11 years of business um you know on advertisement to be honest with you it's a lot of word of mouth um we train so many high quality athletes um per se that are getting bigger faster stronger um based off of our proven product that we have here at defi genetics um and then people see that people want to gravitate towards greatness um and so there's always room for improvement on all aspects of our map business my platform and our business plan of course we can always tweak that out um but you know i think word of mouth is probably our biggest asset okay all right so word of mouth and so you've never 
had to do any type of paid advertising through like Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Google, anything of that nature? Well, I mean, small, small degree, you know, like sometimes I'll put a post out there and sometimes Facebook will ask if I want to go ahead and boost it. You know what I mean? So I'll boost it for maybe $5, you know, per day uh, for maybe five days. And um, that'll get a different population as to um, outside of our realm of, you know, Facebook uh, followers and so forth. They might, um, a friend of a friend, a friend might see it. Um, as opposed to following our page and you know how that works um, but that's pretty much as far as we go I mean I get phone calls all the time um, for people trying to eat off our table in a sense to where they see we're doing great things and then they want to be a part of something great by me paying them to do their job you know to advertise for us whereas we don't really need it to be honest with you right yeah okay that yeah. makes sense now as far as when somebody does come in to either check out the facility or try out the facility, how do you structure things when somebody is new? Are they coming in for a consultation? Are they coming in for a session? What does that look like on day one? Okay, so pretty much what we do is, um, whether it be through a phone call or through a Facebook message or Instagram or Twitter or however we got that lead, um, you know, I would like to talk to them initially just so I can go ahead and lay the groundwork and, and, and show them our passion and energy to make sure I answer any questions that they might have via the phone or text or email. Um, and nine times out of 10, um, you know, a lot of times people will call and inquiring about, you know, training for their daughter or their son. And so then, of course, um, you know, however the means of communication is, I will piggyback off of that. I would also like to know up front about their goals um, and um, you know any kind of former or current injuries. That way, um, let's say if I don't train that person per se, I will pass that information on to one of my trainers, and then they'll have a, a good snapshot about um, you know the, the prospect and client, um, and then he or she will get that um, client, prospect and client, and the family on schedule. They'll come to D5 Genetics. And pretty much um, we have a, you know, a, a, you know, like every gym does, um, a questionnaire. Um, it's basically like a little tell me about you uh, on a piece of paper that we can document it and keep it on file. Mm -hmm. um, and then in, in the, on that paper, it always says like, how high are you towards, you know, your energy level to achieve your goals and, and what are your goals and all that kind of stuff. So that, that right there is a good icebreaker for the trainer, um, you know, that way they can read over it and have a better understanding about the client or the prospecting client. And um, then we'll pretty much walk them around the uh, facility, tell them more about, you know, what we're all about, you know, ideally as a, a business and how we can help them. And um, whether they want to go ahead and start day one um, is up to them. Uh, and then we pretty much, you know, teach them how to stretch, look at, you know, their alignment, um, you know, talk to them about any kind of former injuries or current injuries, limitations. Um, and then we'll check out their hips, you know, and then do all that kind of stuff if they're athletes. And mm -hmm. um, pretty much day one is what I call D5G 101. And so with every 101 class you take is always like an intro. Um, and so that's pretty much, you know, lays the groundwork, you know, in a roadmap as to um, what it's going to take to get to where they want to go. 
Absolutely. So walking them through kind of a full diagnostic process before they are integrated into the facility. That's correct. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. Uh, so now, where are you directing most of your attention within the business right now? Do you have specific goals, specific areas that you're really working on? Uh, what, is that, what does that look like for you right now? Yeah, so um, since I just mentioned it, as we already know, we just, we're kind of coming out of this, this, this COVID, you know, muck. And I'm trying to, you know, re regroup uh, my business plan and my goals for, you know, moving forward, especially for the summer. Um, and so we have a couple of things, you know, that we're going to do for our clients um, immediately in the next week or so. Um, and then I'm also going to have like an open house um, to where we're going to, I got three brand new trainers um, that I just brought on staff. And so to get them integrated into what we do here at DeFi Genetics and to get their faces out there, um, I'm going to have an open house. And I'm going to invite, you know, uh, certain entities in the local community that's, that help me out, such as like the vitamin shop. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, ortho uh, surgeon that's known for, you know, sports, you know, medicine, um, you know, that kind of that kind of uh, field. He's going to be in here to represent and to talk on uh, behalf of his field. And then, of course, nutrition aspect, they're going to talk about them. Um, but then it's going to be blasted. Um, on all social media platforms to get new clients, new, um, you know, new faces into DeFi genetics. Um, and then of course that'll drum up, you know, all kinds of new possibilities, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's in the works in the next, uh, I would say two weeks. Um, but moving forward, um, yes, uh, I do have some ideas for the business, um, as a whole, um, you know, the platform is not very big as far as the square footage, but, you know, I feel like we can reach out and touch more kids. Um, and I have a nonprofit organization that um, during COVID I started, it's called the Field of Dreams. And so um, having said all that, you know, I got a board of directors and everything and we're behind the scenes, you know, trying to um, orchestrate a couple, um, you know, ideas to get this up and running as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So um, now what is the kind of mission of that nonprofit side of things? Is it to provide programs for kind of underprivileged kids or what's exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I feel, you know, like I said, I, I'm blessed, you know, in all aspects of my life. I mean, I've worked for everything I have. Nobody give me a penny and I, I pride myself in saying that. Um, but I also work for the federal government. That's my job. DeFi Genetics is self-sufficient in the sense to where it's running itself mm -hmm. um, based off of the dollars and cents that comes in. We're not, we're not like a mega gym by no means. We're not a, a cookie cutter. We're not a box gym. Um, so um, having said all that, I feel like there's so many people, um, especially young athletes, and you could probably attest to this, that don't have the resources. I've mentioned resources several times in the podcast so far that, that I feel like there's a dire need. Um, way the world is, as we already know, you can turn on any kind of ABC, CBS, whatever, CNN, the world is jacked up, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, we already know what's going on in the world outside of, you know, us positivity, you know, breeding people. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it's, it's, it's on my heart to do what I can to help those that are in need. So uh, the field of dreams, it is a nonprofit. 
Um, and it's basically derived to help, uh, you know, what I just mentioned, those that don't have the resources financially, um, that see on Instagram that we're training these D1 athletes, that see we're training a uh, first round draft pick from the NFL, that see that we're training NBA athletes and so forth. Mm -hmm. They want to be a part of it. And I can't say no. Um, and so that's where the Field of uh, Dreams is going to come in to pick up and to provide, you know, scholarships for these young athletes to come in here and train um, through the program, uh, the nonprofit, um, without even knowing, you know, uh, the athletes in here are not going to know that um, little Tyrone is or little Jimmy is on uh, Field of Dreams scholarship because that's, right. that's to, you know, nobody's business, but, you know, the mm -hmm. board of directors. But that's pretty much where we're going with the nonprofit. Um, and so it's it's still in the infant stages. Um, you know, like with anything, you and I, we have the energy to do what we do. We can never make other people have that same energy or that right. passion that we already have because we're the founding fathers mm -hmm. or the mothers of, you know, your puppy. So I just, I'm gradually trying to get the board up and running to where it needs to be. And Got so it. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And um, I, I really like that being able to provide that same program to somebody who maybe can't afford it and you know without anybody else knowing but being able to just help them out and allow them to have those same experiences so yeah. that's awesome i love and, that and, and to piggyback off that um it there's criteria that we have in place with uh, the field of dreams to where mm -hmm. academically they gotta be sound they can't be on drugs so you know what i mean they gotta be yeah. they gotta mm -hmm. have good strong character values right absolutely yeah, yeah and that pushes them to maintain that good standing yeah. in those other areas as well exactly yeah right absolutely all right so now one thing i love to ask every gym owner that i speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing going their own way opening their own facility what would that be what is one of the most valuable things that you've learned over your time in ownership Oh, wow. That's a, that's a very good open-end question. So <laughs> first of all, I'd say if you're in it for the money, open up a donut shop, to be honest with you. Um, because donuts sell um, and everybody would love them and they could be fat and happy and they could stop by every day, you know, to pick up their, you know, their dozen. Um, but it, you got to be passionate. If you're in a health and fitness um, arena, um, such as, you know, even being a trainer at a box gym, if you're not passionate, you're not going to make any kind of money because nobody's going to want to train with you because you lack all the, you know, the intangibles that it takes to be a successful trainer. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be passionate. You have to be knowledgeable. You have to be willing to learn from others in the field that, you know, that are like-minded, that are being successful. Don't feel like you know everything because you don't. Um, and strive for greatness in all aspects of your game of life. Yes, absolutely. That seems to be the, the theme for today is uh, remaining humble and just realizing that you don't know everything and not being afraid to ask for help in certain areas, you know, yeah. and especially when you get into owning a business and especially within a fitness business, a lot of times people just kind of think they're going to open the doors, they're going to train their clients and things are just going to run smooth, you know, and um, there's so many things that come up along the way that you just didn't expect or you just yeah, didn't so know. Right. After, um, that, after that honeymoon, you got to pay the bills. 
Yes. You know what I mean? You you gotta you gotta have you know that that old rule of thumb. Um, a business that stays open for five years is you know far and few between. Yeah. Um, I pride myself in saying DeFi Genetics just you know hit our milestone eleven years uh, back in March. So um, without a hitch, um, you know, the lights are still on, you know, we're still out there and I'm on your podcast. Right. So, yeah, we must be doing something good, um, but we're always striving to be great. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially at this point to be able to not only survive for uh, 11 years, but through a global pandemic as well, you know, 40 percent of gyms closed during that time. So to be open for that amount of time and get through that and, you know, still be here is huge. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Okay. So, um, number one, we're on Facebook. Uh, you could go somehow do a search DeFi genetics, um, D E F Y genetics.net and it should pop up and then like our page, of course. Yes. And then you can follow us and then see what we're all about. Um, and then we're also on Twitter. Um, I think that's DeFi Genetics uh, 1, possibly. Uh, let me check it out real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And um, let me see. That's actually DeFi Genetics, just one word, at DeFi Genetics. Follow us on Twitter. Um, and then we're also on Instagram. Uh, and that seems to be, you know, the, the young kids, they love Instagram. So we get yes. a lot of interest from Instagram and that is, uh, at DeFi genetics one, the number one. Okay. And so give us a follow and we'll follow you back. How's that? Absolutely. All righty. So Roger from DeFi genetics in colonial Heights, Virginia. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.